So what we're talking about today is winning, winning, winning with self-care to be exact. And, and the scripture that we base this entire conversation on is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, um, verse 23 and 24. And in the Message Bible, it simply says, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of the master Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Can somebody say amen? amen. There used to be a saying back in the day, God said it, I believe it. The reality is it doesn't matter if you believe it. If God said it, it's going to happen. Amen? amen. So the reality is, is that we were created in the image of God. In the book of Genesis, it says that, let us make man in our own image. And we realize that God is a triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is where the word Trinity comes from. God is three and one, and since we are created in his image, we are a triune being, three and one, and we are spirit, soul, and body. And in order for us to be complete, in order for us, for us to be completely healthy, we have to have a healthy spirit, we have to have a healthy soul, we have to have a healthy body. Can somebody say amen? amen? But in order for this to happen, in order for this to happen, it all begins with God. In the book of Genesis, the Bible says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was, was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. There was nothing that was created without God. There was nothing that existed without God. So when we live our lives, nothing that we can create, nothing that exists in us exists without God. Can somebody say amen? amen. So everything begins with God. David said, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. He began his day with what? God. He began his life with God. Isaiah said it this way. He said, with my soul, I have desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me, I seek thee early. In order to have a healthy spirit, it's important that your beginnings begin with God. Your early morning begins with God. Early you seek thee. Early you worship him. Early you give your all. You give him the first fruit of your increase, which is the first fruit of your day as well. Can somebody say amen? amen. The reality is, is that a lot of times in church, we hear the what. What does the scripture say? What does the scripture say? But it's important for us to understand how do I apply it to my life and how do I make it relevant to 2017? Amen? Nobody's being swallowed up by a fish anymore. Nobody's walking on water anymore. So how do I make it relevant to my 2017 life? And that's what we're going to talk about today. How can I make the word relevant to me? And so the reality is, is that if I decided to give my life to God today, I'm 39 years old. I know I look 26. 25. 25, I appreciate it. But if I decided to give my life today, that means I have 39 years of practice doing something. I don't know if it's the right thing, it's the wrong thing, but it's 39 years of practice doing something. So in order for me to have a healthy spiritual life, I have to get my memory in check. See, Jesus washed away my sins, but he didn't wash away my memory. So I know what certain things feel like. 
I know what it feels like to do certain things, whether it's right or wrong. So I have to get my memory in check. Isaiah said it this way. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing in you. He said, I want, I want you to let the old things go. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want to start a new thing in you. Jeremiah said, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare, not for evil. To give you a future of hope. Of hope. How many people have ever been hurt emotionally? Raise your hands. How many people have ever been hurt by someone close to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people remember exactly how it felt? How many people are still dealing with it? That's one of the most difficult things in order to get our spirits together. Forgiveness. How do I let it go? How do that person that hurt me? Because in order for me to be hurt by someone, I had to make myself vulnerable. I had to give them my heart. And what I gave them, they didn't take care of it. How do I let that go? How do I deal with that? And so one of the most important things that I have to do is I have to check my memory. Amen? If I were to give a personal testimony, I grew up in a really, really bad situation. My mother was addicted to drugs. My father was addicted to drugs. I was involved or surrounded by crime, violence, drugs, you name it. I stood next to my father one day as he was shot five times in the stomach. I watched my mother get beat by multiple men, ribs broken, eyes bruised. And I remember being taken away from my family by DCFS, Department of Children and Family Services. I remember moving from house to house and living from people to people. And some people let me live with them just because there was a check coming. And there was a lot of hurt involved in it. And so every time I remember these things, that hurt comes back. So the question is, how do I check my memory? Because if I can check my memory, I can check that hurt. If I can check my memory, I can forgive. Somebody say amen. And so the first thing that we have to do in order to be spiritually sound, according to Ephesians 4, says get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage and anger brawling and slander, among with every form of malice. And then it says, in spite of who hurt you, in spite of the hurt that you feel, it says, be kind and compassionate to one another. You mean to tell me when I look at that woman that shot my father, I have to be kind and compassionate? You mean to tell me when I look at that man who beat my mother half to death, I have to be kind and compassionate? You mean to tell me when that police officer beat me when I was 11 years old, I have to be kind and compassionate? But guess what the rest of the scripture says? Just as Christ forgave you. What if he held everything that I did to him against me? The way that I'm holding everything that somebody else did against them. Christ is saying you have to forgive the way that I forgave you. Secondly, you have to feed the right wolf. <laughs> what does that mean? There was a story that I read. It says an old man told his grandson, son, there is a battle between two wolves on the inside of all of us. One is evil. It's angry. It's jealous. It's greed, resentment, inferiority. It, it, it lies. And there's an ego there. The other is good. 
It is joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness, empathy, and truth. And the boy thought about it for a little while, and he asked, Grandfather, which wolf wins? And the grandfather quietly said to him, the one that you feed. The one that you feed. And so in my spirit, which one am I feeding? Romans says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Matthew 4 and 4 says, man should not live by bread alone, by, that, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's prayer, it's fasting, it's meditation on the word and obedience that positions our heart for God to freely give to us and for us to freely receive. And so it's important for us to continue to focus on our Savior, to continue to feed our spirit in order for us to be spiritually healthy. Amen? Amen. And the last but not least, we have to model what we expect. We have to be the change that we want to see. Can somebody say amen? It's amazing that in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, it says, Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And we should love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And then he said, These commandments that I give you today, they should be in your hearts. Watch this. And press them on your children. Watch what a modeling comes. Talk to them about it when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. When am I supposed to do it? All the time. Because we don't know what these kids are looking at. We don't know exactly what they're modeling from us. But if I model Christ my entire life all day long, I can only expect for them to live the life that's pleasing to Christ as well. And so they keep me in check. Can somebody say amen? And so the reality is in three things, there's three points. All right, have your memory in check. Feed the right wolf and model the behavior that you expect. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Good morning. I'm Jessica Z. So um, most of you all know that I just graduated from seminary. Um, so I'm going to nerd out a little bit for, with theology. So just uh, bear with me, all right? Cool. I'm bringing my best self to y'all. But um, if we go, if, if we think about um, the anchor text, which was First Thessalonians, it says, God is a God of peace. As a God of peace, God desires for us to live the fullness of life in Christ. Colossians 2, 9, that's what it says. The fullness of life is in Christ. In there, it talks about what this fullness of life looks like. In the Greek uh, for salvation, the Greek word, that salvation, it means wholeness. It means health. It means well-being. And I think sometimes as Christians, we get caught up in just thinking about forgiveness of sins in Christianity. But if we stop there, we're missing the full picture of what God originally designed for us that it's the next step. I saved you from sin so that you can have the fullness of life in Christ. And so I'm going to keep going with this nerding out with the holy. You see in second, uh, I'm sorry, in First Thessalonians, it says holy and whole. Self-care is how we live as our best selves, holy and whole. That word holy there in the Hebrew does not mean, oh, look at me, the pious Christian, so perfect. Mm -mm. God is saying, <laughs> we may want it, right? 
But God is saying they're holy is to be set apart. And that's what Tony was talking about, that we are made in God's image and likeness. But I know the struggle is real when we struggle with insecurities and pride. And and we may desire the fullness of life, but how do we get there? Right? So that holy is being set apart. Do you... I really want you to answer this, like in your head. Do you see yourself as holy and sacred? Self-love is a process, just like self-care. It is a journey. But I think the first step to respecting ourselves with self-care is do we see ourselves as holy? Do we see ourselves bearing the image of God and his likeness? The second is whole. What does that mean? Well, the Greek meaning for whole (laughs) means to lack nothing, that every need would be met. Notice I didn't say wish. God ain't a genie. I said need, that every need, our need for life, our need for sanity, our need for healing, our need for clarity, for wisdom, for peace, that it is in Christ. And so um, self-care is how we can live this out, how we can live as our best selves. And so um, I actually have some examples, Kelly, if you can put some on the screen. These are some examples of self-care. And so I was in seminary, right, preparing for ministry. And I will tell you that ironically, as ministers, when we are studying the word constantly, our relationship becomes very transactional with God and not transformational. So I was preparing and I was doing homework and I was writing papers, always looking to get something out of God, to get something out of the word. And so, you know, it became transactional. And even for me, um, I am a community organizer. I work on criminal justice reform. I am going daily into enemy territory that is trying, that is intentionally set up against us to not live as our best selves. And so self-care became a mandate for me. I think most of us treat self-care as an option, Right, And we're like, okay, when I get burnt out, then I'll start taking self-care seriously. But doing this work of reforming the criminal justice system, I could not function without taking it seriously. And I don't want us to get to where we're so burnt out and we are literally working ourselves to death that we never get to experience the fullness of life in Christ. And when we resist these things, when we resist self-care, we resist the life that God desires for us. And so for me, in my experience, I thought of self-care as like reading the word and prayer. But again, when my relationship became, became so transactional, I was like, I got to do something new because this ain't working. Like I am, I am really hungry and I'm really thirsty for God, but it just not working this way. So if you notice up here, I put different things. I had to learn how to connect with God and myself in a different way. So I put on there like going out and appreciating nature, you know, hiking, um, guarding the heart, resting. There should be some more. Saying no, right, to unnecessary things, face-to-face fellowship to put down social media and to actually connect. Because with stress, not only does stress eat at us, 
but so does loneliness and isolation. And that's what we risk when we're constantly addicted to social media. Exercise, a good cry, belly laughs. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, a, and there's a lot of different other ways. Um, but the good news is that God wants us to enjoy life. Enjoy life. Right? And the good news is that God does not just say, hey, this is the life that I designed for you. Live in it. Right? It's not like he gives us like a brand new car and then withholds the keys. He says, and I'm going to give you the keys to drive this out. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our advocate. What that means is that the Holy Spirit is literally fighting for us. Saying, no, 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 no. This, let, me, let me deter you. This is, this is where the life is at. This is where healing is at for you. And so as the Holy Spirit, it's like we're reaching out. We know we want self-care. And the Holy Spirit like bridges the gap. And says, here, let me, let me help you take that next step. If you could just, just trust me and take that next step. But not only that, City Church, if we are going to live as the body of Christ, if we're going to love one another and take this faith thing seriously as brothers and sisters in Christ, we got to ask for accountability. It's not easy. I don't want everybody to know my business, that I suck at self-care, that I am, I'm working on it, right? But we have to ask for accountability. I can love my brother Tony well if I ask him, Tony, how are you taking care of yourself? How are you loving yourself? <laughs> Just for a minute. Um, so, but that's how we can love ourselves. So I really want, I want you to think of somebody today. Like, who can I go to and be like, can we do this together? Can we walk this out together? Because I'm tired of being tired. <laughs> I'm tired of being a slave to my schedule. Amen. Hi, guys. Most of you know me. Um, I'm Shavonda Allen. I'm a licensed professional counselor, um, supervisor. I've got uh, counseling offices in Addison and one in Prosper. So I'm going to talk to you guys from a psychological standpoint, um, taking care of your mental and emotional health as far as self-care is concerned. And um, the one thing I do love is that they all kind of flow together, especially as Christians. So if you're taking care of yourself spiritually, it's going to flow into you taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally as well. Um, that's one thing I learned at DBU is how to see psychology and the Bible. Science and, and religion aren't necessarily all, you know, two ends of a different spectrum. They actually flow together quite nicely. Um, one of the things we talk about, and you guys have touched on a lot of the, the scriptures that I was going to talk about, but no, it's fine because it all just flows together, you know. One of the biggest things is the renewing of the mind, right? The Bible tells us that. Psychology tells us that. So 90% of the people that come into my office, um, whether it's a severe depression or bipolar or it's just I'm overwhelmed with work and regular life, home responsibilities, my first question is what do you do to take care of yourself, and of all of those people, whether it's severe mental illness or just I'm overwhelmed with work and family, is nothing, right? And so it's, it's the underlying of a lot of just our day-to-day -day stressors and even some of our more serious stressors. But taking care of ourselves is not a dirty word. It's not selfishness. It's, um, I mean, we talk about it all the time when you're on a plane. They tell you, put your mask on first. 
so you can care for yourself and then be able to care for others. So as a mom, as a dad, you know, however you interact in life, you have to care for yourself first. It's not selfish. It's not wrong. It's like you said, it's necessary. It's not really optional. Um, It's part of us being a good steward of what God gave us is to do that self-care. So what does that look like from an emotional standpoint? And you guys touched on a lot of these points as far as forgiveness and unresolved hurts and resentments, um, is exploring those things, asking yourself, what am I holding on to? Um, and maybe really getting with someone, um, whether it's a good friend, but a lot of times that, you know, you don't, like you said, you don't want people in your business, getting with someone and kind of exploring all of those things that you're still kind of holding on to. Um, you want to be able to work through that stuff, mostly for quality of life. You know, like again, like you guys said, we can't live in our fullness. We can't have the quality of life that we want when we're still holding on to that stuff. It affects our interpersonal relationships, right? If I'm still dealing with someone who left me years ago and I'm just on edge every day, you know, as opposed to living life at level zero where I'm just kind of chill and zend out, you live life on level four or five. So then when day-to-day irritations come or just, you know, a little bit of stress at work, you're at level 10 and you're like, how did I get here so fast? And everybody around you is looking at you like, what is wrong with you? Nothing just happened (laughs) and you're on edge, you know, and that's because a lot of times we do, we don't live at, at what I call Zen out, which is level zero. We live at like four or five. So it doesn't take much to put us over the edge. Um, So some of the practical things that I tell people as far as renewing the mind, and again, this is um, psychological and spiritual, is um, affirmations, saying positive things to yourself. Um, You you just can't, you, you can't put a price tag on living a life of gratitude, right? Just being thankful every day, even if you, all you have is someplace to go and sleep, be grateful for that. Um, Even if all you know is that you can walk and talk, um, and and breathe and see, you know, those are things that we sometimes take for granted, you know. And if we live, if we're living a life of gratitude, it, it's a lot harder to get upset about the little things. It's a lot harder to sweat the small stuff. Um, some other just practical ways of taking care of yourself mentally and physically is, like you said, doing fun stuff. I'll ask people, when's the last time you laughed? Like a like really laughed, like it was really funny. And people look at me like, I don't do that. And that just doesn't make any sense. Like, I tell people, what's your favorite movie? Have it on iTunes. Have it on your phone. Have it queued up. Now, does anybody watch DVDs anymore? Have it, have a DVD. Just have it ready to go and watch it. Even if it's 30 minutes of Seinfeld or Martin or whatever funny show we like, watch it every day, right? This thing is not optional. You want to daily be doing things that are just for you that make you smile. That's just practical day-to-day self-care. Some other things that, you know, we take for granted is adequate rest, right? So managing your mental health and your emotional health all comes from your brain, right? That's where your perceptions lie. That's where your emotions lie. Um, And if you're not well-rested, how many of us are really nice when we're not well-rested? (laughs) <laughs> one person said that they're nice when they're not. Most of us aren't, you know, we're, we're tired, we're stressed out. And so getting adequate rest gives our mind, our brain a chance to kind of just get the, the rest that it needs so it can rejuvenate and we can be able to deal with our regular day-to-day life stressors. Um, let me pull up my notes. I'm not as prepared as you guys. 
Um, and so from a spiritual standpoint, why you would want to take care of your emotional and physical and, and your mental health is to be able to have a spirit of discernment. Um, you want, if your mind is clear, you'll be able to see where God wants you to go. You'll be able to see what God wants you to do. You'll be able to see who God wants you to be around and who God doesn't want you to be around. And that spirit of discernment is necessary, especially as Christians, to be able to navigate through life and be doing what God wants us to do. Um, let me see, where is that? You know, and you guys mentioned Romans 12 and 2, being transformed by the way that you think. Um, the rest of that is so that basically you can be on the same page with God and his will. So if that's something that you want for your life, caring for your mental and emotional health is going to get you there, right? So it's not, again, it's not something that you want to be lacking in because it's going to help you be able to live a life that God wants for you to live. So many of us struggle with what's our purpose, why am I here, what am I doing? And um, taking care of yourself, whether you realize it or not, is going to help you get that clarity so you can hear from God. And a lot of us, you know, that's what we really want to do. Lord, what do you want from me? What is today supposed to be about for me? Um, and some other practical things, um, hobbies. How many people have hobbies that they do weekly? I see like five hands, six hands, right? That's another really practical thing. I ask people all the time, what do you like to do? And I get more blank stares. Right? People don't know themselves. They don't know what they like. They don't know what they enjoy. And that's another really practical way of self-care, doing stuff that you like and you enjoy, if not daily, at the very least, weekly. You, you know, when you love yourself, like you said, you know that you deserve to enjoy your life and have a good quality of life. And so you want to know, what am, what are my hobbies? What do I like? Is it painting? Is it art? Is it archery? Is it golf? Is it video games? I mean, it really can be anything, you know. Shopping can definitely be a hobby as long as your bank account says that it's okay. <laughs> Yes, crocheting is definitely a hobby. As long as your bank account says so, shop away. <laughs> Absolutely. But again, you want to be doing things. And I want you guys to ask yourselves, what do I do every day just for me because I like it? And it could be something like, I mean, when I'm talking practical, putting on your favorite lotion that smells good and you're like, I just took care of myself. It's little stuff like that that really does make a difference in your world. Um, some other little practical things as far as uh, mental health care is just a guided meditation. So you're feeling stressed out. You put a guided meditation on. You let somebody help you, what I call zen out. You, you tune out the world, and you just allow yourself to focus on one thing. And I know a lot of us struggle with that. We look at multitasking as a skill we put on our resume, and that all sounds good until you're trying to focus on one thing, and then you can't because your brain says, well, what did you have for dinner last night, and where are we going to go tomorrow, and what are we wearing, and what am I gonna where are we going to hang out, and you've got 10 things going on, and you can't get any sleep. Um, so that's another really practical way of taking care of yourself, and you can YouTube them. They're free. And just allow yourself to just kind of zone out. So just, you know, just kind of to recap, you know, there's a lot of good reasons just practically in, in the fact that you want to get good rest. You want good quality of life. You want to just be able to be kind and be able to interact with your friends and your family members without being horrible to them. And then spiritually, you want to allow yourself 
your mind and your emotions to be in a place where you can connect with God. Tony mentioned another scripture where it says, you know, to get rid of anger and bitterness, right? And how are you going to connect with God if you've got all, if you've got this wall up, this brick wall of all these emotions that you're still holding on to? So, um, so hopefully I've given you guys just some really practical, easy ways, you know, to just kind of take care of yourself mentally and emotionally. Um, and that's, that's that. Yeah. Just, just as a segue to uh, the doctor, um, anybody have like anger problems or have, have no. like, they're like, well, no. I guess they shouldn't, but I'm just going to be 100% real. Um, the way I grew up, it was in, in the city, it was one of those, you got to always watch your back and I'm going to get you before you get me. Amen. And, and so and so I was always on on 10. And so what it did was it created this sense of anger um, where uh, anything is a trigger. And, and when that trigger, uh, I hope you're not the person in front of me. You know what I mean? Because you, you're going to be the person that this anger is directed towards. And even when I got saved. The anger didn't go away. It didn't. It didn't leave. You know what I mean? And, and, and so I had to find something immediately to settle me. And so people ask me, man, how do you go to the gym and work out for three hours? It's for your protection. <laughs> Not mine. It, it's, it's to give me my sanity. It's to give me my sense of peace. And so all this energy that I have, all of this frustration... I take it out in the gym, and when I come home, I'm that nice guy again. So my daughters have never seen, they've never seen that old me. And I pray that they will never, ever see that old me. You know what I mean? Because they allow me to spend that time of solace in the gym. And so when I come back home, I can be the real me. And when you're that angry, people can't see the God in you. They can't see the, the Jesus in you. And that's, I'm, I'm going to assume, that's what we all want as Christians, for, for people to be able to look and say, I see, I see Christ. I see you doing something just a little bit different. You know, when you're carrying that kind of anger around, and understandably for lots of situations, we know why it can be there. It blocks what God put us here to do, you know. So that's good. We have ways to, to manage that. I was going to say one more thing. I promise. <laughs> But what they're, no, but we, I mean, even Nabil and I have been like wrestling with this too, because it's like, we do live in a culture that is extremely performance driven. We have to, we're expected to do well at our jobs. Actually, we're expected to do 110% at everything, including church. We said we're going to be real, right? Okay. So um, I think, too, is, is the intentionality of, like you said, I have to take care of myself. I got to put the oxygen mask on for myself. But part of the walking it out is also, you know, Nabil and I talk all the time, and it's like we see people, not only ourselves, but just people who are just, like, trying to survive <laughs> mentally, physically, emotionally. Yeah, all of that. And so part of it, too, is we have to be change agents because we bear the image and likeness of God to be change agents in our workplace. And Pastor Ray said this, um, I don't know which sermon it was, but it, man, it was so key when he said the best gift that we can give to our spouses, that we can give to our kids, that we can give to our workplace. Why are we laughing? Did I say something? Oh, money. Okay. The, the best gift we can give, though, is, is a healthy self. 
And there was something in the news um, that I was watching. I was getting a pedicure. Hey, I was doing self-care and with a girlfriend. And, um, and I was watching on the news about how a lady had sent in an email to her boss saying, I need a mental health day. I'm going to take it. And do you know what the boss's response was? That's what we think, right? But his response was, thank you. Thank you. That's unusual, exactly. So we're going to have to expect to keep like changing that, that culture that we live in. But he said, thank you. And it's part of we have to consistently remind like our bosses and the people that we work with. The best way we can be productive in our workplace is being our best selves as well. So how are, how are we fostering that for ourselves to then go and transform the workplace as well? That's right. And when I get phone calls like that, I just say, well, just come in and we'll all hug you more. <laughs> it's, it's like, no, I need you. I need you. Um, I don't know. Will my PDF make it up there? It's all kind of over. Oh, look at that. Look at that. That's what happens when you give me way too much time. All right, you guys. Uh, to, to hit on what we all have been talking about, Tony's talking about feeding the wolf, and uh, Shavonda's talking uh, about, gosh, just uh, taking time to play. You see that slide up there in the corner? Uh, and then Jessica's talking self-care. And we're not talking uh, brushing your teeth, TJ, or combing your hair for extended amount of times. But it's like taking the time to do you the way that you are going to be the best. Um, and we all, you know, so uh, we go to the gym, exercise, maybe, what, burn calories, earn food, uh, set goals for ourselves. But ultimately, it is... Uh, it's a way that we can build the temple, right? Uh, so I've done multiple Ironmans, and I do 100-mile trail runs. And when people, I know, which seems crazy, right? It's like, what are you running from? It's actually, what are you running to? Um, you know, we, we all multitask. And uh, the one time that we can focus on something other than us is when we're in a spot where our mind can just go blank, and that's to hang out in nature, uh, listen to audiobooks that are self-help or uh, guided meditation while planking. If you haven't done it, you should try it. Um, so just extensive amounts of time, and the one place that I've, uh, that I've found that I can actually like quiet my mind and not listen to ACDC and be like, I want one more rep. It's like, no, it's like, it's those, those sessions of cardio where I just go into a zone and it's not a runner's high or anything like that. It is literally the one time that I can quiet my, my mind enough to focus on the Lord. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people don't uh, get to experience that enough. And Tony's talking about waking up. Uh, the first thing you should do is uh, maybe open your eyes, catch a little bit of sun in your face. And d the one thing that we have time for before our body even wants to do anything is to uh, give reverence to the Lord. So 
you don't have to start your day in meditation and prayer, but I promise you, your lives will change if you do. <laughs> I promise you. It's like, nah, I'll do it my way. Um, but I'm telling you, the, uh, the time that we spend in, and I have it labeled as meditation, but uh, just with God, and if you look at that atom right there, everything that we do and think and say should come from one ultimate creator, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? And it's like every thought in our mind, everything that we do, it's like we, we, we say it, we really do think about it. It's like, I want to do everything unto the Lord. First Corinthians, right? Read it. And these are, these are sayings that we learned when we were wee little kids, right? But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified, right? Uh, I'm going to church. Well, why are you being such a jerk, right? Um, You're supposed to make the oatmeal different, Summer. Uh, You know, we, we all go into, that was my jerk mode of this morning, right? It's like, it's not made right. I threw it away. I, well, I wasn't done. Uh, but we all get we all get hung up on little little tiny trivial things. Uh, look at First uh, Corinthians ten thirty one. Right. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now I'm not telling you not to have a glass of wine, um, but if it's going to cause a brother or a sister to stumble. Uh, or if we have too much and all that kind of, you know, what kind of example are we if we go out with friends and come back and we are fixing, fixing food for us and the kids walk in and we're slurring, right? Uh, hopefully that doesn't ever happen. Um, but what are we, what examples are we if we do such things, right? Um, so look at your food pyramid, you guys, and I have pretty large no gluten, um, that's not me being mean, and I'll, I'll explain it a little bit. No sugar. Why can't I have sugar? Yeah, it's like, I'm going to make your guys' life really dull, okay? And what's a PUFA? Anybody know what a PUFA? Of course. It's polyunsaturated fatty acid, sillies. <laughs> Good night. Like, you don't know this. Uh, no, all of those are giant inflammatory effects on the system, all right? Uh, It's those canola oils and corn oils and safflower oils and all that kind of stuff. Um, So sugar, sugar by itself, everything that we eat carb-wise breaks down sugar. That's fine, but when we have too much of it, we have inflammation. And most of the time, we're not like just eating spoonfuls of sugar, but we're eating foods that are processed. And we all know that we shouldn't, but we still do. But the point I'm making here is that we have too much of that and the body doesn't know what it's supposed to do, right? Go back to Shivana's talking about whole, or Jessica was talking about uh, holy in in front of the Lord, right? Or what's that mean to be whole? It's like, I'm going whole foods, right? Uh, So eat natural foods, and I promise you, you'll have natural energy, and that will give you a natural tendency to be sweet, to be mindful, to be um, happier with your body, but not about happy with your body, just happier emotionally, 
right? Uh, when we go to that big lunch with, uh, with coworkers, how do we feel at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, absolutely. Our productivity levels go way down. And our anger management levels go way up, right? Or the inability to manage our anger. We just become little turds. <laughs> I still have little children. <laughs> You're being a little turd. Too much sugar. Um, all right, so let's talk about the exercise portion. Uh, this is really simple. You don't have to go run hours. Uh, but you got to sweat three times a week. And that could be from yelling or screaming. <laughs> Uh, worship music, okay. Uh, no, but cardio, like 15 minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. Studies have been done. If you do eight minutes of cardio uh, at a time, that's all you need. And we're not talking blowing your heart up. It's like 30 seconds of really hard exercise after four minutes of normal exercise, followed by, so four minutes, 30 seconds, four minutes, done. What's that mean? Walk around your block, then walk faster for 30 seconds, and then walk back home. That's it. That's it, right? Can I get an amen? <laughs> whoop, whoop. All right. So it's really simple. It's like, no, we're not changing the world. We're changing our mind a couple cells at a time, right? The only way that we can uh, change is if we give ourselves the ability to change. So we have to push ourselves a little bit, right? Uh, when you do best in life is when you're out of your comfort zone. Okay? Think, like, just reel that back and say, it's like, how are you going to get that promotion? I'm just going to work for it. Okay. But if you're not working harder than you normally do in front of people that normally wouldn't see you, are you going to get that promotion? You will be passed over quickly, and then you'll be an angry bird <laughs> with a slingshot. And we're like, I'm going after some piggies, right? All right, and play. When's the last time, Siobhan, to hit it, when's the last time you guys actually like went out for 15 minutes and just ran around with your kids or played? Mm, I, I would say not often enough, right? It's hot. It's like 100 degrees. Um, but that all, it doesn't, you can run around and play, but like get a board game, do cranium, something. It's like engage on purpose. And I promise you that might be the only time that your children are going to talk to you, um, as a friend and not, can I have a new pair of shoes? Don't ask for a new pair of shoes while we're playing games, TJ. Uh, resistance. I like that exercise. That's CPR, right? CPR for your soul. But resistance, lift. lift. Lift a little bit of weights. And it doesn't mean you have to go to the gym for three hours. What are you doing at the gym for three hours? I'm gonna, I really like their showers. I'm going to hang out in the hot tub. Play some basketball. Hang out in some hot tub. Go to the sauna. <laughs> you get it just right. I, I agree. I agree. So resistance, uh, like 10 minutes, 10 minutes of do some push-ups, and then maybe uh, do some jumping jacks and then some push-ups. When's the last time you guys did that? 
probably a long time because it's like, I'm, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't have time for the gym. But guess what? Uh, put some worship music on. And before the shower in the morning, just do some little, little squats, right? Uh, some push-ups three times a week. And on the other three days that you don't do that, go walk around the block or do some type of cardio. But, you know, you can do jumping jacks. And like, that seems like a lot of work. But the whole point of this is look at, look at that my little brain down there. Um, see it? Bottom, bottom left-hand corner. It kind of looks like a head of broccoli. It's cauliflower. Well, that's what our brain looks like when we take our skull off. So, <laughs> No, it, it's like we have the ability to make new brain cells, right? Uh, we are, long gone is that you're forever done learning. And the way that we do it is we decrease the, the inflammation in our bodies through simple acts, but most importantly, food. 80% of how you feel and how you act and what you do and look like is our diet. It's like we all know we can clean it up a little bit. And there's, but our reactions are all about what we're putting in our mouth or in our bellies and how our bodies are reacting to it. So whole foods, I say the no gluten because there's just bread has a ton of artificial oils and a lot of nutrients that are stripped out of it. So when I say no gluten, you're like, oh, one of those. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But the minute, the minute I did that uh, is the minute I started recovering better and can do 80 mile run weeks and uh, and still have knees and stairs and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a crazy, it's a build-up process, but I'm telling you, um, the biggest deal here across the board is um, just focus on God. Focus on God and he'll lead the way. We have some questions to answer, I think. Yeah. Amen. And we do have questions. Um, I'm going to start with the first one that came in, and that was for Shavanda. Um, as I work to get there, uh, it says, uh, and these are all coming in anonymous, which is fantastic. So, uh, and then some of them are, uh, questions to a specific panelist. Others are questions in general. So the ones to specific panelists, I'm going to ask the specific panelists, obviously. And then the other ones, I'll just leave to the panel to answer, um, as, uh, as they will. So the first one says other people always, uh, say critical things about me. How can I say things of affirmation about myself? That's good. Well, some of that is um, what is the truth, right? So identifying what is actually true. So if someone's saying something critical and you know it's not true, then you affirm it with the truth, right? So if someone is saying, I mean, I, I, I don't know, but you're ugly, right? So what does God have to say about how you are, right? I created you, you know, I knit you together in your mother's womb. I made you in my image. So if you need to speak truth to yourself to combat some of the negativity that you're getting, then that's what you do, right? So you hear what you hear. You figure out what's actually true. And the best way to do that is to say, what does God have to say about this? Um, and then that's what you speak to yourself. And I tell people if you have to put it on a sticky note and put it around, if you have to write it on dry erase marker on your mirror so that you can see truth 
every day when you look at yourself in the mirror, then that's what you do. Because um, a lot of t- you have to realize a lot of times people are going to say mean things out of out of their own stuff. You know, a lot of times I tell people hurt people hurt people. And so you have to realize that when people do say mean or critical things, it's coming from their own illness inside. It's coming from their own unhappiness inside. And so if you can remember that, some of that some of that will help you kind of even block that to begin with. But if it does get in and you start to feel a certain way about it, just ask yourself, what does God have to say about this? What's the truth about this? And then that's what you you, you put up around you, either on sticky note, on your mirror, or just a note in your phone that you can pull up and look at and go, here's the truth about this, and that's what I'm going to focus on. Amen. Amen. Next question. How do I create time for rest? My time is consumed by family, work, relatives, always pulling on me. Oh, and Facebook. So how do I create time for myself? Step one, delete the Facebook app. If you have it on your phone, just take it off. That way, if you want to actually get on Facebook, you've got to log in to the website. I mean, Facebook is, don't get me started on Facebook. And I guess with Facebook, I was spending like tons and tons of time on it, so I completely deleted all social media um, because my wife complained. But um, the, the best thing that you can do is learn this two-letter word, two-letter word. It's called no. When everybody's pulling on you and you know that you can't fulfill, fulfill that obligation, just say no. Can you do this? No. And I understand that you're going to hurt some people's feelings sometime because you're always there for them. You're always that person. They'll get over it. But you have to be sane. And you have to be stable and you can't be pulled in all these different directions. So the reality is, is just say no. And then I would say schedule it. So if you're wondering how you make time, schedule it. All right. So get a planner. Here's what my day is going to look like and have self-care be 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour on there. And don't, you know, really like, and use your nose to not allow your time to be overtaken. So you tell them, I've got two hours today. Who needs what? Because this hour is mine. So I'm going to add on that as well because um, I know I put the, um, like, list or some examples, right, of self-care. And my thought was with this is, like, how many of us are going to hear that and just think, oh, more stuff to do? But that's not the way that we want to think of it either, right? Like, it it makes sense that we have to delete, we have to get rid of some things in our lives that are not allowing us to make space for the self-care. And so how do you figure out what to get rid of or who to get rid of? Um, And it really comes to, is this person or is this thing giving me life? You can start with less time, too. It's like five minutes, time out, which I was... I, I. my whole life is a joke. Um, I, I see humor in everything, and thank you for smiling. Uh, but no, the shower, longer shower, right? Like three more minutes. It's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang out here and clear my mind and not think about how much soap is running in my left nostril, but really just like chill out. It's, it's that one time, whether it's the shower or beginning or not. Now, if, if you're so busy that you don't take showers then you just use drive time. <laughs> anyway, but just a couple more minutes here and there and just focus on the Lord. Say, okay, Lord, it's just, this is yours. Like, work with me, through me, and I promise you that that's a good start. That's good. Stop hitting the snooze button. 
Nabil and I literally just talked about this this weekend, is that instead in the morning of hitting the snooze button like three or four times, if it, I was seriously watching like this psychologist and they said the amount of like energy it takes to like pull the sheet and get cold and step out of bed, like that's the same energy it's going to take to like discipline ourselves to do the self-care. So like we said, we're going to challenge ourselves. Like we're going to wake up 30 minutes earlier and instead of hitting the snooze button, we're going to like rip off the sheets and just get out of bed. How many more questions? One more? All right. One more question. So we'll go with this one since, um, my man here said that's a good question. Um, let's say, uh, you say begin your day with prayer, but I don't know how to pray. How do I pray? So um, th this is the deal, this is the deal. Um, no one had to teach me how to have a conversation with a friend. No one, no one had to teach me when I saw this fine teacher uh, walking through the hallway who I eventually married. No one had to teach me how to approach her, you know, to get her phone number or ask her what's her name on Facebook. You know, no one had to teach me how to do that. And so the reality is, is that prayer is simply your conversation with your Savior, right? Uh, it's, it's your relationship with your God alone. The same way that you would talk to someone, the same way that you talk to God. God, this is not a good day. I'm not feeling good today. Lord, you're going to have to help me because, you know what I mean? You just have to have a conversation. Now, if you look in the book of Matthew, if you want to really get scriptural, uh, in uh, chapter 6, verse 9, it says, after this manner, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven, that's simply giving God praise. Hallowed be thy name. I'm worshiping you before I ask you for anything. I'm telling you how good you've been to me before I ask you for anything. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, God, now that I've worshiped you and I've reverenced you, now I can ask you for something. Give me this day my daily bread. Lord, I'm going to need you to make it through this day, so I'm asking you to give me everything that I need to survive today. All right? And forgive me for my debts as I forgive my debtors. Now I ask you to forgive me. God, because I've done some things yesterday that I need your forgiveness for, and I might do some things today that I'm going to need your forgiveness ahead of time. Um, as we forgive our debtors, now I can't ask you to forgive me if I'm not forgiving everybody else. Amen. This is the structure that the Bible is giving us. Lead us not into temptation. Lord, I know that uh, uh, Shaniqua is going to come to my desk today, and, and, Sh and Shaniqua, fine. And so I don't need, so get, don't leave me into this temptation, God, but deliver me from evil. Deliver me from Shaniqua, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. I want to give the other panelists a chance to answer that as well. Amen. Amen. Any others want to respond to that? Amen. If you want, I was going to sum up one thing that I use with uh, the Young Adults Group, too, is an acronym for PRAY to sum up everything that you were just saying. Um, the P is praise. Thank God for something. R is repent, ask the forgiveness. A is ask, can't like receive until you ask the Lord. And then uh, Y is the yield. Just basically the same thing, you know, like I tell Lexi, just talk to God, tell him, tell him what you think, tell him how you feel. Just keep it simple. 
prayer doesn't have to be some elaborate thing that you see other people do in church. It's just you saying what you want to say to to the God that you love. Um, and like you said, looking at it like this is just my friend that I'm talking to or my father in heaven that I'm talking to, someone who loves me, and I'm having that conversation with someone I love. Amen. Let's give our panelists another hand. And let's give the father a hand clap. Amen.